This is the Six Man Show, a brand new Orlando Magic podcast with your hosts, Will Robles and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. By fans, for fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? This is the Six Man Show. We are recording this Thursday night at about 10 o'clock, the uh, eve before the eve of the NBA playoffs. Well, exactly. Tonight we're going to talk a little bit about how the Magic have secured their seventh spot, the seventh seed in the NBA playoffs. Talk a little bit about the season up to this point, the regular season. Yep. Everything that it took for us to get here, to get to this point. And then we'll look ahead to the uh, upcoming matchup with the Toronto Raptors. I know the last few weeks have been kind of, are we in, are we out, are we going to make the playoffs, are we not going to make the playoffs, and if we do, who are we going to play? Yeah. Is it going to be the Bucks? Is it going to be the Raptors? Is it going to be the 76ers? Both of us kind of agreed that we absolutely did not want to play Milwaukee. Milwaukee yeah. And then um, we wanted one of these two teams here. We wanted either Toronto or we wanted Philadelphia. So we've ended up with Toronto bringing the south to the north <laughs> across the uh, c- Canadian border. And um, we'll see how that goes, but we'll talk a little bit more about that um, in a moment. So really quick, just to recap, Magic, you know, going into uh, what was that Sunday night, rooting for the, the Pistons to to beat the, the Charlotte Hornets yeah. that day. That did not happen. We were rooting for the Raptors to take care of the Heat, and we were rooting for the Pistons to take care of the Hornets. So the Raptors did take care of the Heat in overtime, but the Pistons could not get it done against the Hornets. So yep. going into that Sunday game in Boston, even you even heard Evan Fournier say that you know they wanted no part of having to basically have a play-in game on Wednesday against Charlotte, who's that half-court shot that Jeremy Lamb hit against the Raptors a couple weeks ago you know, to, to win that game in Toronto yeah. has kind of catapulted this, you know, they've been on a run. Yeah. This late season push that they made to oh, make yeah. the playoffs. So Sunday was just absolutely huge game. Won that game, all the things that come with that, the high of, of making the playoffs. It, it took a few days to, to come down from that. I'm not going to lie. I was still feeling it. You know, <laughs> oh, Wednesday, yeah. Wednesday, you know, even before that Charlotte game, it was just like, man, like we're already in the playoffs. It's like, but that game just to cement our status to possibly even get to the the sixth seed. Yeah, it was close. To, we, you know, if well, it ended up not being so close. No, you know, but the, I'm saying the Nets like it was took just, care of the the Heat pretty decidedly. Yeah, one game between three teams to you know could decide who was the sixth seed and who was the eighth seed. So I mean, when it comes to that, those those three uh, Wednesday games were pretty close. So yeah, so we go in into Charlotte. Charlotte, you know, at that point, they're still fighting for their life now. The uh, Pistons destroyed the Knicks, and mm-hmm. the, the Nets destroyed the Heat. So the Hornets really never had any chance, even had they won that game Wednesday night. But, you know, going into that game, it's just like, you know, Clifford said before the game that if you, you don't come out in this game and, and perform well and you let go of and you kind of relax, take your foot off the gas because we're already in the playoffs you know, he said, if if you let that go in game 82, it might be game two or three, you know, of the, the first, you know, playoff series before, you know, you get that moving and get that back. Yeah, so exactly. just really important to close out, you know, game 82, take care of business. But going into this game, 
missing Jonathan Isaac. Jonathan Isaac, I think, caught a, a Marcus Smarter, Jalen El- Jalen Brown elbow to his, his mouth area, yeah. suffering concussion-like symptoms. So we're waiting for him to clear the concussion protocol to see if he's going to be ready to go oh, we hope so. Sunday for game one. Absolutely hope so. And then missing um, Nikola Vucevic, our all-star, with uh, some kind of you know stomach illness yeah. or, or stomach virus. So... Uh, we really needed a, a few guys to to step up, and that's absolutely what happened in, the, in this game. Magic take care of Charlotte, one twenty two to one fourteen. I mean, just absolutely huge efforts by Aaron Gordon and especially and Terrence Ross, Terrence the Human Ross, Torch. Man. His you know arguably his best game of the season. Absolutely is uh, season high in scoring, thirty five points, twelve of nineteen from the floor, six of ten from three. It just <laughs> seemed like every time this game was getting close. Terrence Ross was just there to put us on his back, you know, and bail us out. Exactly, yeah. Early in the game, they started to run things basically primarily through Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon finished with 27 points, 7 rebounds, 11 of 18 from the floor in 33 minutes. Very so, solid game, yeah. The thing that w- I was most excited about seeing Aaron in this game is, and sometimes he does try to do this, but often he just kind of extends that elbow a little bit, but really just drop his shoulder drive right through guys and get to the rim. So many times we see smaller defenders on him. Well, I, I loved when he was posting people up. Yeah, like, that's taking, what I'm yeah. talking about, yeah. Just him posting people up, not being complacent with that three-point shot or that couple dribbles he does and pull-up jump shot. When he bangs down low, that's, like, his thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, when he does that, you know he's going to have a good game. 61% field goal percentage, 33%, three-point. Like, his shot was going in. You know, he played really good. Well, the thing that, that still kind of worries me, at, you know, from time to time is some of these games where he tries to get going early on in the game, especially with the jump shot. You know, he'll hit a couple jump shots, and then he just starts to feel it, and then he falls in love with the jump shot. Yeah. Like, last night. Had a couple opportunities with, like, a guy like, let's say, like, Jeremy Lamb on him. You know, a you know, decent-sized guy, but... Uh, kind of lacking, you know, in the weight muscle department. So he just kind of bulldozed him, got right to the rim. But then there was a another instance. I think it was in the, the third or fourth quarter that from the the right uh, baseline, he's got Kemba Walker on him, and he shoots a turnaround jumper over Kemba. Now yeah, it went some in, of that stuff doesn't but it's make like, sense, man, though. just you've got four or five inches on this guy, and probably you know thirty, forty pounds. Just lower your shoulder, you know, get to the to the rim and, and finish. Now I've seen him try to do that this year at times, and get called for the you know occasional offensive foul but I think that's really the the part of Aaron's game that I think he needs to develop to make it you know to the next level and make that next leap because he's an okay ball handler I really don't see I really don't like seeing him take people off of the dribble a lot of times he just dribbles himself into traffic and will either dribble it off his foot or get the ball stripped away yeah, it's not a good look. Yeah, but he, you know, he's hitting, you know, the open jumpers. He's a great cutter, a great slasher. But I think the the one thing that can really take his game to the next level, especially you know, going into next season, is him developing some kind of post moves. Like if he can develop any kind of post game that's anywhere near Vooch, I mean, he he has all the tools, and I just think you know he'll be. I recommend Ag going and and working out with Hakeem, get that footwork going down low, <laughs> the dream shake. But definitely just improving that post game, going left or right like Vooch does. He can go either hand down low. So, 
And then looking at the the Hornets stat sheet here, so Kemba Walker just went off. Everybody kind of expected this and what could be his last last game game. for the Charlotte Hornets in Charlotte. 43 points, 16 of 25 from the floor, 4 of 9 from 3. Jeremy Lamb added 22 points. He's actually turning into a, a pretty solid role player, a pretty solid pro. Miles Bridges, 8 of 13 from the floor, 18 points. He blew by Aaron Gordon a couple of times there. I don't know if Aaron was just so focused defensively that he kind of you know, looked the other way a couple of times with Miles Bridges, but yeah. that kid is just, just jumping he's, out of the yeah, gym. I really think good. he's going to be really, really great. But Magic, you know, they take care of business on you know the, the final night of the season, the regular season, the 82nd game. Take care of business in Charlotte, 122 to 114. Magic. Uh, cement their you know spot in the NBA playoffs as the seventh seed, right behind Brooklyn and and right above Detroit. So we're matched up with Toronto. But really quick before we get to that you know Toronto matchup, let's just kind of look back on you know basically everything that's happened you know since the end of last season. Last season the Magic only end up winning what was it 27 games going into that off season. John and, and Jeff Weltman kind of looked at, you know, the roster, looked at, you know, the coaching staff. And Frank, I don't think Frank Vogel was ever their guy. You know, I think yeah. they accepted the job here because they took a look at the roster, saw the potential there, but not necessarily were sold on Frank Vogel. They gave him a year to try to figure it out, see, you know, what he could do with the roster. But I just don't ever think that, that he was their guy. So yeah. they fire him, um, decide to move on, find a new coaching hire. So we hire uh, Coach Clifford. You know, after the the down season that they had in Charlotte, he had you know a lot of health problems, basically stemming from sleep deprivation. That this guy would just work so hard that he would not sleep, and it ended up uh, he started to have a lot of bad you know migraine headaches to the point that he you know one was unable to to work and, and to coach. So, uh, but anyways, so he gets let go from Charlotte. You know, uh, John Hammond and Jeff Weltman decide to to go with Steve Clifford as the new hire. I think just because of you know the turnaround that he did make initially in Charlotte and then I really you know looking at it now his persona and his you know philosophy I just think really fits well with the roster so then a couple weeks later you know we draft Mo Bamba and then trying to address uh, the the backup point guard role and potentially clear a little bit of cap space they decided to trade Bismack Biombo and a couple picks in a three-team trade with Chicago and Charlotte sending us Timothy Mozgov also Jerry and Grant and mm-hmm. then once again in an effort to try to cement that backup point guard role obviously that didn't work out but you know the the effort was there nonetheless Timothy Mozgov I think the only time that that guy's put on a Magic jersey was either media day or the That's day that they much. took the team picture. Yeah. I don't think I still think he's on the 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 books for one more year at sixteen or seventeen million dollars. I don't ever expect to see Timothy Mozgov on the floor for the Orlando Magic. Yeah, I think we neither. both agree upon that. So yeah, then we start the season. Um, you know, basically kind of what we a lot of people expected. Uh, struggling a little bit heading into December fourth. I think the team was twelve and twelve. 500 you know team at that time a little bit over a month into the season and then just kind of the wheels started to fall off go on a a few four game losing streaks before you know it just over two and a half months ago the team was 20 and and, and 31 and a couple things happened uh Mo Bamba obviously the injury to him with that stress fracture in his leg um forced the team to to go to to Ken Birch as the full-time 
backup center there. And then, you know, the emergence of Isaiah Briscoe early in the season in November, December, kid just looked like he had no idea what to do on an NBA floor. Starting, you know, in, in late January, kids started to put it together with his defense, you know, pushing the, the pace of the team, getting guys out in transition. Yep. That entire second unit, along with Ken Birch, once again, just started to play really well. And then it has just kind of catapulted this team, you know, on, on this run here. I mean, you're 11 games under, you know, 500, and then you go on this huge run, basically from, you know, December 4th, where you're 12 and 12, and then the team doesn't see above 500 again until, what was that, April 4th or April 5th. So basically four straight months of being under 500, but this team just continued to fight, continued to, to claw their way back, stuck with you know, stuck the course with, with Clifford and, you know, listening to his philosophies about playing defense and approaching the game the right way. And now here we are finishing the, the year two games over 500. I mean, who who could have saw this coming? Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't see it coming. Us making the playoffs. You, you know what I love about Coach Clifford, though, is that he he has that defensive mentality. When he, he came to when he went to Charlotte, they became a defensive team. They, and then he, he brought them right into the playoffs that year in 2014. So just him coming, the defense, you could see how much effort the guys were putting in. It's just been great. But definitely did not see us, you know, being in the playoffs, let alone with the record that we have comparing it to last season. Yeah, I think I think we talked about this, you know, a little bit last week that my prediction anyways was that the team was probably going to win about, you know, 31 games. And now yeah. here we are, a 17-game improvement. Um, you know, from our, our record last year, which is I'm pretty sure is the best in the entire league this year. And once again, just the fact that Steve Clifford isn't being talked about more as a potential coach of the year candidate is just crazy. I think for the most part, everybody can agree that Mike Budenholzer for the Milwaukee Bucks is kind of running away with the coach of the year yeah. and rightfully so. But I still think that, you know, Steve Clifford at least deserves an honorable mention or some at least maybe a couple first or second place votes. And then another one of our guys that's kind of getting snubbed in the, you know, yearly awards uh, is Terrence, Terrence Ross. Ross. I mean, man, yeah. this uh, this season, he has hit the most threes off of the bench for any player that didn't start a single game. I think the record for bench player uh, made threes is Wayne Ellington. I think he hit like 218. I think Terrence Ross finished with 216 on the year. But that's the most for any player in one season that never started a single game. I mean, I think prior to this year, his his career scoring year was like 11 points a game. This, I mean, he's scoring 15 points a game. And, you know, apart from, you know, maybe Vooch, you could argue that Terrence Ross has, you know, the been the most valuable player on this team the entire year. Yeah. So, but, you know, this is nothing new to us. I mean, even now that we've made the playoffs, you listen to – you know, some of these, you know, talk shows and some of these writers across, nobody's giving us a shot and, you know, maybe rightfully so against Toronto. But I think my main thing heading into the playoffs is just going to be, you know, let's make some noise, get some eyes on this team. People realize yeah. that we are for real and, and maybe we're looked at in a, in a different light next season. Yeah. To me, as long as the team puts an effort and we're not just going out there, turning the ball over, you know, being accepting the fact that we just made the playoffs. And that's good enough. As long as they come out, play with some defense, play with some heart. If we get swept, it is what it is. But, you know, as a as a fan of a team, you never want to see your team be just go out there and just play just because, oh, we made the, the play. We made the playoffs. 
that's it. That's all we needed. We did much better than we've done in the past. They got to know, like, this is just a one step. Like, but we got to keep on pushing. This shouldn't be a, the mindset of, oh, we're happy to be here. Yeah. You know like, what I mean? Like, accepting the fact that we just made the playoffs and being okay with I that. want these guys coming out and, and trying to, you know, win these games. I mean, yeah, Toronto is, you know, one of the best teams in the league this year. And, I mean, they went freaking 32-9 and nine at home. And, you know, our first two games in the playoffs this year just happened to be – in Toronto's home so uh yeah there's a a huge challenge ahead of us but as long as the guys come out and and play the right way and play the way that they've been playing the last you know two plus months I know they have a chance to to be competitive and stay in this game in these games but before we get to the playoffs uh, let's just talk a little bit more about the regular season so one thing that we failed to mention was the trade deadline move that the that the Orlando Magic made a lot of you know, fans. And one of the biggest questions leading up to the trade deadline was how are the magic going to, you know, address this team? How are they going to approach, you know, the trade deadline? Are they going to be, you know, big sellers and, and basically just continue to collect assets and accept that this team is not ready and they're still rebuilding? Or are they going to stay the course and, you know, try to make the playoffs? And for the most part, they decided to, you know, stand pat and hold on to Nikola Vucevic and, which everybody uh, was saying at the trade deadline to trade him. And, you, you know, know my, myself included, you know, because at, at that time the team was still, you know, very far underneath 500. I did not see this turnaround in this team, admittedly. I didn't see them going on this run and making the playoffs and finishing two games over. Yeah. Uh, I think they went something like 21-9 and nine over their last 30 games, which is just incredible. Yeah, 21-22. Yeah, so – yeah, I was one of those guys that was that was saying, I mean, if we're not going to make the playoffs, are you going to move forward with, you know, Vucevic after this year? And if you're not, you know, much like we did with Alfred Payton last year, I think Vuce's uh, trade value was much higher than than Alfred's, you know, would have been. But I just thought, you know, if you're not going to bring this guy back, then you you've got to. You don't want to lose now. him for anything. For yeah, you don't want to lose uh, him for, for nothing, nothing. You know what I mean? So. But, you know, they decided to hold on to, to Terrence Ross and, and Vooch, thankfully enough, and picked up Markel Fultz. I mean, for what it's worth, a pretty much blockbuster trade. It's one of the yeah, for, you know bigger trades that was, you know, made at the deadline as, as far as We didn't you know, give narrative. up much, just giving up Jonathan Simmons. And, and, a, and a pick that and a wasn't pick. even ours, yeah. you know what I mean? So, so it was, you know, it was a good, I thought it was a great trade. Yeah, everything that we've heard, you know, since he's been here, you know, has you know, really been, you know, great that, you know, he's still progressing, you know, with his rehab that he's starting to get where he needs to be. You know, only time will really tell if he's going to be able to, you know, be the guy that yeah, that we I, need him to be. But even if he comes back in some kind of a limited role, like um, once again, like a Michael Carter Williams or an Isaiah Briscoe, neither of those guys are really, you know, shooting the lights out, but great defense, playmaking, ability to get to the rim. If he can do that, he'd still be a, a great backup point guard, you know, for us. So I don't think, like you said, we traded nothing to get him. So anything that we get out of him at this point, we're basically playing with house money. Yeah, exactly. And then that brings up another point, you know, Isaiah Briscoe, the, the transition from Jerry and Grant to Isaiah Briscoe in the backup point guard role. That was a major catalyst in this run that we went on. And then a few weeks back, you know, he goes down with a, a torn meniscus and it's like, man, this is going to be a big blow to the Magic. Yeah. And yeah. it's like kind of 
you know, what do we do now? And then all of a sudden you see this press release come out that the Magic have signed Michael Carter-Williams, exactly. you know, to a 10-day contract, and you're kind of sitting there scratching your head like, man, this guy isn't even in the league right now, and he's going to come in and save our season. And, I mean, that's basically what this kid has done since that debut against the Hawks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've lost, what, two games with him? Is that really it? I think that's it. Man, you'll have to double so, check that for me. Yeah. Um, but he's he's been playing terrific. Yeah, I would say he, we lost against Detroit March 28th and then against the Raptors on the 1st. Wow. We've only lost two games with Michael Carter-Williams. Well, that just goes to show you the impact that he's had on this team, you know, just basically seamlessly filling that spot for Isaiah Briscoe. And um, without those two guys, I don't think that, you know, we're sitting here in the playoffs. Yeah, I don't think so either. So who would you say, Will, I think the obvious answer for this is going to be Nikola Vucevic, but who would you say, as far as the regular season goes, has been the, the most, let's let's not do the, the, the cliche, the most valuable, but the most important player for the Magic this year? For the Magic, I would... I mean, I think the obvious answer is Nikola Vucevic. I mean, just the year yeah. that he's had, you know, first-year All-Star, career-high in points go with Vooch, and rebounds. But I also didn't expect what DJ was going to bring us you know, in the point guard position. Um, I thought he did an incredible job this season playing that point guard position with the pick and roll, being able to um, find open players and being able to hit open shots too. That's something we've been missing is just a guy who can run the point and be able to hit shots, but also find, find those guys through that pick and roll super easy. I mean, we had Alfred and, you know, we liked Alfred, but his shot was never, he never developed a good shot when he was with us. So seeing DJ coming out this season and being able to hit shots, pass, do the pick and roll, like to me, he's one of the, one of the best players we got. Yeah. I, I, the thing about this is I don't think there's any one, you know, right answer. I think it's just been kind of a perfect storm for us. So you know, Nick coming out having a great all-star year. DJ being much better than anybody really in the, the league anticipated he was going to be as oh, a yeah. starting point guard. Jonathan Isaac taking a huge step forward this year. has been an absolute freak of nature defensively. Been knocking down jump shots. Lately, he's even been getting to the rim, which has been huge for us. Yeah, defensively, just blocking shots and everything. And that's another thing about, about DJ. He hasn't been a huge defensive liability. Yeah, at times, you know, we try to hide him on defense on guys like J.J. Redick or Danny Green, Wayne Ellington. And a few times this year, you know, we have paid for that. But especially the last few games um, against the Celtics and against um, the Hornets, that Cliff kind of let DJ stay on those guys and made those guys try to beat us, made Kyrie try to beat us, made Kemba beat us, didn't hide DJ on you know one of these other guys and just let the role players beat us. So, I mean, some nights that philosophy is going to work and, and sometimes it's not, but you know DJ has been much better defensively than I thought he was going to be. Another big thing has been the development of Aaron Gordon. We've talked about this kind of last week, just his maturation, you know, making better decisions and really picking his spots offensively. Yeah, exactly. We've known for years now that he's been, you know, a, a all NBA uh, defensive, you know, type potential player. Yeah. And um, like you know, Clifford said last night, uh, you know, he, Aaron needs to to start getting that kind of recognition. And I think these playoffs, as far as him being a defensive force and Jonathan Isaac, I think this could kind of be like a coming out party for them. Like Orlando might not be there yet. 
but they've got the pieces in place, and especially a lot of people doubted the fact that those guys could even play together. So uh, I think that'll be interesting to watch, you know, going into the playoffs. And then obviously he's not a player, but you just can't overstate how important Steve Clifford has been to this team this yeah, year. Yeah, for sure. You know, just growing the culture, giving these guys a real identity, a real style of play that they've stuck with that we now know that they can be successful with. So just kind of a, a perfect storm, really, you know, to just have a, a improbable, just incredible run, you know, to the playoffs here. you have anything else to go over for the regular season or you want to no, move I on to the playoffs? I just want to say, like, you know, the development of Aaron Gordon, um, him just not forcing it. He's been able to pick his spots. He's seeing the floor way better. And just, you know. I believe he's averaging a career high in assists as well. Yeah, he's just finding guys. He's understanding like, hey, I don't have to do everything. Obviously, he's he's getting better as, as the day goes by. So, you know, I loved seeing how, you know, his improvement this season. Definitely. So let's go ahead. Now we're going to go ahead and, and getting into the, the moment that we're all waiting for. You know, just dripping with anticipation, you know, as we, you know, move into to the weekend here and, you know, get going into the playoffs. So Orlando, the seventh seed, will take on the second seed, the Toronto Raptors. So we talked, you know, and we've been talking the last couple of weeks about teams that we potentially would want to play. And I think Toronto was your choice. If you had any of the, you know, those top three teams that you wanted to play, it was going to be Toronto. Yeah. Talk a little bit about why that is and, and what you see, um, you know, what we might be able to do successfully, you know, against the Raptors in the first round. I just feel like our defense against Toronto is pretty solid. Um, Aaron Gordon playing on Kawhi. He, he does his, he holds up, you know, he can hold Kawhi for the most part. And then Jonathan Isaac playing on Siakam. He, he kind of has his number. So just, I feel like defensively we, we stand a better chance. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think, you know, we match up as, you know, as far as, you know, the rosters go, I think we match up pretty well, you know, with, you know, Toronto. So the matchups that we're looking at here are going to be obviously the point guard position, DJ Augustine uh, up against Kyle Lowry. The shooting guard position is going to be Evan Fournier against Danny Green. Jonathan Isaac, like you said, will draw the assignment of guarding Pascal Siakam, Aaron Gordon on Kawhi Leonard, and then Nikola Vucevic is going to be guarding, you know, Marcus All and Serge Ibaka, whoever they decide, you know, to start at that center position. So, but like you said, just to kind of echo that, Aaron Gordon plays Kawhi Leonard almost as good as anybody in the league. You can't really ask for, you know, much more than the the effort and the job that Aaron does on Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, he's still going to go out there. He's still going to get his points just like any NBA superstar. All you can ask is a guy to, you know, do his best, Mm -hmm. stay in front of him, and, and just try to make life difficult for him. Once again, Jonathan Isaac, like you said, has played really well against Pascal Siakam here. For me, the the keys in this in this series, like you said, um, is going to come down to the defensive side of of the basketball. Both of these teams, you know, post All Star game have just been you know defensive juggernauts. The uh, Toronto Raptors third in the NBA at 105.6 defensive rating, and then the Magic right behind them at 107, which has been fifth in the NBA since the All-Star game. So, I mean, it, it is what it is. You look at these teams' records, once again, you know, Toronto finishing the season at 58-24 and with a 32-9 and record at home, the Magic 42-20. and I mean, we're going into a hostile environment. Historically, Toronto hasn't been great in the first round, but... I think the fans know kind of the weight, you know, as far as the the 
the roster, the way that it's composed right now, yeah. the weight of what this playoff run is going to mean to them. It's basically going to be the, the difference between keeping and losing Kawhi. Kawhi Leonard. So you lose in the first round to the Orlando Magic, Kawhi Kawhi's is basically gone. as good as gone. Yeah, so he's gone. Not only that, but I think this team, you know, with the – the way that once again they've kind of turned over the roster this year, you know, trading away Demar Derozan, bringing in Kawhi Leonard, Nick Nurse, you know, the the new head coach for them. I think you know, it, I I just think their fans are going to be hungry for you know a, a sweep in the first round. To be honest with you, so Magic are going to be going into a hostile environment. Most of these guys, not with not many playoff experience, I think you have the numbers here in front of you as far as you know how many playoff games each one of our guys has played yeah so we have terrence ross has the most playoff game experience with 31 playoff games his last appearance was with toronto in the 2015-16 season so like i said 31 games is the most by any of our players and then second would be dj with 28 uh playoff game his hit the last time he went to the playoffs 2013-14 with chicago so it's you know and then you're looking at toronto toronto you know, Serge Ibaka has 109 games of playoff oh experience. Uh, Danny Green with 100. Kawhi with 87. Marcus Gasol with 59. Uh, Kyle Lowry with 62. We get it. We like, get it. You know, ours, Terrence Ross, 31. DJ, 20, 28. Evan, 4. So our playoff experience pales in comparison to the to the Toronto Raptors. Here. Yeah, like, so, you know, it, it's good that our team has finally made the playoffs and – six years or six seven years and then these guys can now finally get some playoff experience under their belt and and get that taste well i know it's no secret that you know the magic have a tall task ahead of them i mean the two seed you know coming to to beat up on the seventh seed but if you look at some of the numbers you can kind of get the you know the idea that orlando you know matches up pretty well you know with toronto so if you look at the the points per game I mean, it's kind of no contest here. 114.4, eighth in the NBA for the Toronto Raptors. The Magic at 24th in the NBA at 107.3 points per game. But if you look at the rebounding numbers, pretty similar. 45.4 for the Magic, 45.2 for the Raptors. Uh, The Magic do have a leg up as far as taking care of the basketball. They've ranked fifth in the NBA this year with 13.2 turnovers. Uh, The Toronto Raptors kind of in the middle of the league at 16 uh, in the NBA, 14 rebound, uh, excuse me, 14 turnovers a game. And then look at the post-All-Star game record for each of these teams, both right at 15-8. and eight. So, yes, the Magic have had kind of a weaker you know, schedule to, to finish out the year, but both teams playing at an extremely high level. And, yeah. and when you look at the, you know, the second half that the Magic had, um, I think this team is a little bit better you know, than their record would show. I think if this team had this, you know, identity early on in the year and we're playing this well, probably finish somewhere around 50 games or so. Yeah, we talked about it before, like <clears throat> how many games the the Magic blew, you know, double-digit leads going into the fourth quarter. So definitely we, sh- we should have had a lot more games won, like you said, probably 50, closer to 55 maybe. Yeah, it's just where, like you said, our records after the um, All-Star game, identical. 
Another area, and this was, I know you weren't a big fan of the 76ers matchup, but I kind of was, and that was a large part had to do with the construction of the bench unit. So I'm just going to run through, you know, the, the bench units here for us. So usually it's either Aaron Gordon and Nevin Fournier, you know, running with the bench unit, but then with Terrence Ross, Wes Wundu, Michael Carter-Williams, and Ken Birch. Yeah. Flip over to Toronto. Their bench unit consists of Fred Van Vliet, Jody Meeks, Norman Powell, Jeremy Lin, Serge Ibaka. Now, if you look at the playoff experience, it's no contest, hands down to Toronto. But I do think, you know, especially defensively, that uh, that our bench unit can give the other bench unit for Toronto some fits. And let's say, you know, Toronto does make a little bit of a run there up early. I think we can bring in that bench unit and, you know, go on a small run, keep the games close, yeah. much like we've been doing a lot lately. So this, like you said, this playoff series here is really – skewed toward the Raptors as far as their playoff experience go but I think I can speak for most Magic fans when the the thing that we really want to do is we want to try to slow these games down you know defensively Uh, I think Toronto you know looks to do that as well I mean they have the superior you know defensive rating this year but as long as we can keep these games close keep them competitive you know at the end of a game really anything can happen yeah in prior years Games get close, and the Magic would almost every single time lose those games. This year, you know, they just persevered and been a you know, really um, you know tough out in those you know crunch time you know games, and have really taken a step forward as far as you know playing you know the, these close games. So if it gets you know to the last you know four or five minutes, and you know the game's within ten, you know I like our odds is trying to steal a game in you know Toronto or you know especially once we come back home to Orlando I know that we said that you know game three that the six-man show would be in attendance and we will be and we'll actually also be at game four but just not at the same time so like we talked about our work schedules and you know what the playoff schedule was going to be like was going to kind of dictate whether or not we were going to be at the game so I'll be at game three and then I'll be at game four he'll be at he'll be at game four as well so I mean if you look at the matchups this year you know, it's kind of hard to get a, a good handle on exactly how we match up with Toronto if you're looking at the scores of these games. So the first game of the year, uh, we did lose 91 to 93, November 20th, as you know, Danny Green hit that that game winner. And then we, you know, flip to the next game, December 28th, the Magic blow out the Raptors 116 to 87. Then February 24th, once again, we blow out Toronto. 113 to 98. Yeah, Kawhi didn't play that game. Though. Kawhi did not play that game. And then April 1st, you look, I mean, the, the Raptors, Danny Green went off 7 of 10 from 329 points. The Raptors beat the Magic 121 to 109. So apart from that first game, every single one of these games that we've played have basically been blowouts. That first game that we played them back on November 20th, that was Jonathan Isaac's fourth game back from that ankle sprain. He was still kind of on a minutes restriction. So yeah. who's to say that if he doesn't play more minutes in that game, you know, I mean, he finished that game with nine points, five rebounds. Maybe he could have swung the game a couple points, and maybe we're looking at a three-to-one um, you know, series lead on the Raptors heading into the playoffs. But I think the guys are, you know, I think Steve is going to do a good job of canceling out all the outside noise that we don't have a chance. He might even use that as bulletin board material. Like nobody thinks that we can beat this team. It's us against the world, you know, but I think he's going to 
bring those guys in and say, look, we beat these guys twice this year. We blew these guys out twice. Yeah. And one other game, they had to, you know, Danny Green had to hit a shot at the buzzer to beat us. So I think these guys are going to have some confidence, you know, going into that game. I'm just really excited for these guys to get some playoff experience and see how they kind of respond, you know, that first quarter in Toronto. I think it's going to be really telling whether and how this series is going to go. They If they come out in that first quarter, just get blown out and then go into halftime, you know, down 20 and then just get blown out in that game, who knows how this series is going to go. Yeah. But I think if they go down early and come back, that's going to set the tone for the playoffs. How do you see this series going? I would like, you know, obviously I want them to win. Of course. <laughs> I want the Magic to, to sweep Toronto. But um, I'm hoping for at least a six-game series. You know, best-case scenario would be six games for me. Five games is probably more li- likely as long as we don't get swept. Even if we g- get swept and it's close, I won't be too upset because, you know, you know, we pointed out earlier, just we don't have too much playoff experience. So just, just getting these guys in the playoffs and getting that experience is really good. Um, but as long as they come out with that underdog like mentality, they don't want to lose, they don't give up. I'll be fine with however however we play. So your heart is saying six games, but your head is telling you five games. Yes. So I'm kind of in the, in the same boat. Um, I think the Magic probably go down two to nothing. I think Toronto takes both games at home. Then I think coming back to Orlando, I think the fans are going to be rabid. I, I think they're going to feel that pressure of, you know, no team has ever come back, you know, from being down three games to zero. I think they steal game three. I think they make game four very, very close, end up losing that game, and then I think Toronto ends up closing the series out in five games now. Don't get us wrong. That's not to say that we don't believe in this team or they don't have a chance, but we're just being realistic. Toronto has been one of the best teams in the NBA the entire year. Yes, the Magic have been playing incredible basketball. That's why we're giving them a chance here. But Toronto, once again, just great team the entire year. I mean, 32-9 and nine home record, that speaks for itself. Yeah. And then just the playoff experience is just kind of hard to overlook. Yeah, I'm just hoping, you know, we we can at least steal one game for sure. Well, I can tell you the thing that I'm really not looking forward to and that, you know, that I've voiced many times on this podcast so far, really not looking forward to see Kyle Lowry cry oh, yeah. in every single one of these games, especially in the playoffs. One thing I am a little bit excited for is just the fact that, you know, we're going to be seeing this team every, you know, couple of nights. So, you know, especially guys like DJ and Michael yeah. Carter-Williams and Evan Fournier who can get a little bit chippy. Hopefully we can get underneath the skin of the Raptors and, and see some, you know, physicality. Not necessarily a fight, but I just want to see some some excitement, you know, get our guys riled up, get them, you know, fighting for these games. So it's going to be fun, man. I'm just excited to have Orlando Magic playoff basketball once again i yeah i can't stress that enough i'm excited to see terrence ross go back to toronto and and put on a show in the playoffs like we know he can do you know the human torch to get catch fire in in toronto i think two of you know a a few things have to happen you know for us to have a have a chance in in this playoff series here one is obviously going to be vooch just do what he's done the entire year Two is going to be the team has to, you know, maintain the the level of, you know, defense that we've been playing the last couple of, you know, weeks here and, and, and months. Another huge thing is going to be if Evan Fournier can continue the role that he's been on. You know, just the last three weeks he's been playing incredible basketball. We need Jonathan Isaac to come back, be healthy, knock down open corner threes, and then, you know, the shooting of Terrence Ross. Yeah. I think basically everything else we can pretty much count on. Aaron Gordon is going to come out. He's going to play well. 
pretty confident in the fact that he's going to make good decisions. And then Wesson Wundu, he's going to come out, play solid, play mistake-free basketball. Michael Carter-Williams is going to just be a defensive you know, pit bull for that yeah. second unit. Ken Burge is going to play with a lot of intensity. So those are pretty much the X factors for me is just, is Vooch going to be able to maintain yeah, this all-star level of play? You know, I mean, going up against Serge Ibaka and Marcus All. We got to hope that Vooch is completely 100%. You know, whatever sickness that he has isn't going to be carrying over into Saturday's game. But, you know, we play game one Saturday on ESPN. Like, all these games are nationally televised games. ESPN, then TNT, then ESPN, then TNT. Hopefully that doesn't put too much pressure on the team including that the fact that we're in the playoffs and then they're nationally televised so everybody's watching these games but yeah i just i hope that we put on a show people see this team's no joke and we give it our all yeah i definitely think that you know regardless you know of what happens in the playoffs that this season you know has been a a success and just basically use this as a, a stepping forward uh you know a stepping stone going forward yeah regardless of you know what roster changes are made you know during the season just still a lot of things that that we have to figure out but team needs to forget about all that right now we're in the playoffs time to get focused and just you know give this Raptors team every bit that they can handle you know uh I think hopefully we'll get our our Chris Pratt on and and tame Mm -hmm. some Raptors if you know what I'm saying my Jurassic my Jurassic Park fans out there Jurassic World fans (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I I think I don't have anything else. Well, how about you? Nah, that's it, man. Just ready for, for Saturday's game. Well, <laughs> this has been the six man show. We appreciate you guys. You know, once again listening, we're gonna try to ramp up these shows here, do them a little bit frequently to just keep up. You know, with the with the playoff series, we'll have a few days in between each game, so we'll be able to carve out some time and and bring you guys you know shows. So hopefully, the six man show will be your home for the Orlando Magic playoff run and yeah hopefully we'll see you guys in the the second round and and moving forward but uh, we'll definitely see you guys after round one once again this has been the six-man show we'll catch you guys next time thanks for listening to the six-man show be sure to subscribe on iTunes Spotify Google Play and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review it would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Six Man Show and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic!